You are listening to the Grace Covenant Cornelius Podcast. Well, if you have your Bibles or whatever it means the technology you're using to access the Word, even for those online this morning, you can turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. We'll get there eventually. If you'd like, you can take the sermon notes and follow along. Today, we're continuing on in this series, I Choose. I Choose. You know, each of us, by God's design, have been given a free will and the ability to make choices. We can make good choices or bad choices. How many of you have made some good choices in life? How many of you have made some bad choices in life? Yeah, I'm afraid that uh, is the reality. But the choices we make to a great degree shape our lives. That's why I think this series on I Choose is so critical. Because I meet with a lot of folks. I get to talk with a lot of folks in my process of doing life. And oftentimes what I discover is individuals have got themselves into a difficult place in their lives, mainly because of the choices they made. And we can try to blame others. We can try to make excuses. We can try to say it was their fault, my parents' fault, the government's fault. It was God's fault. But at the end of the day, most of the time, guess whose fault it is? Yours, mine. It comes back to the choices, the choices that, that we make. You know, interesting, some years ago, a group of 50 folks over the age of 95 were asked the same question. Here's the question. If you could live your life over again, if you could go back and restart, what would you do differently? And... All 50 out of, the, out of this survey, this is the answers that they gave. The top, three reasons, the top three things they said they would do is take more risk, reflect more, and seek to invest in things that would last after I die. Interesting. Now, these individuals, obviously, who had experienced a lot of life, basically were saying if they could do life over again, they would do more things that would not leave them with regrets. And what we don't want to do is we don't want to come to the end of our lives and have a pile of regrets, right? We don't want to do that. Well, one of the ways that we can avoid the regrets of life is by choosing to be disciplined in our lives, by choosing to order our lives in such of a way that we're living focused rather than just kind of going through life. Because either, either life will just kind of happen or you'll direct your life. You, you have that choice to make. Am I going to direct or am I just going to kind of let life happen. That's the power of choosing. As I said last week, we are by God's design created with a free will. We've been given this ability to choose. We have, we have the means to transcend our paradigms, to swim upstream, to rewrite our scripts, to act based on principle rather than reacting based on emotions or circumstance. Now, there's certainly environmental stuff, there's genetic stuff, influences that may be powerful, but listen, they don't control us. Listen, we're not victims we're not products of our past. What we are is we're products of our choices. Products of our choices. We're, we're responsible. We're able to respond to choose beyond our moods and our tendencies. See, our lives are the result of our choices. And to blame or accuse other people is really to empower them or other factors to control us. We don't want to live like that. We, we want to be those who choose discipline so we don't have to live with regrets. You know, I think a story of a man by the name of Charlie, not his real name. But Charlie was like this outgoing, really sharp individual, good thinker. And as a result of his gifting, as a result of his hard work, he, he excelled in work. He quickly climbed the corporate ladder, coming to a position of significant leadership in his place of work. But with the greater responsibility came greater pressure, as often happens. 
And one of the ways that Charlie would kind of deal with his pressure, just to kind of escape from the pressure of the reality of his world, is he would indulge uh, by viewing pornography. It didn't seem to be um, that harmful, like no one else knew. It wasn't hurting anyone else. So he began this this, uh, means of relieving this pressure by viewing pornography, which led then to an inappropriate relationship, which then led to the destruction of his marriage. So today... As a result of Charlie's choices, he's living with the pain of regret, the loss of his marriage, the loss of his family. And it was all because of, if you kind of roll the, if you roll the story back, it was all because of what? A lack of discipline in his life. And because of the lack of discipline, because he didn't choose discipline, what he ended up with was regret. And so it's true often in our lives. And we see this playing out. If you want to do a great Bible study on this, contrast the life of Joseph and the life of David, King David. Because both of, both of these men, Joseph's story is in Genesis 37, uh, David's story is in 2 Samuel chapter 11. Both of these men were faced with a point of sexual temptation. Both of these men had a choice to make. And the choice would be, would, will I be disciplined or will I not be disciplined? Basically, that was a choice they had. Now, if you read the story and study it out, you'll discover that Joseph was disciplined when he was tempted, when he was invited into a sexual encounter. He said, no. Actually, he ran. If you read on in his story, it, it was that decision that later positioned him to be like second in command all, in all of Egypt. If you study David's story out in 2 Samuel chapter 11, when David was faced with a similar temptation, rather than saying no, he said go. And it brought crisis in his life. So for Joseph, he ended up experiencing the benefit of what discipline, of of a right choice. For David, he, he ended up experiencing the pain, the pain of regret. And so it is often in our lives. That's why we can't choose we can choose discipline now, or we can experience that of regret that happens later. See, what you have to know is that you're the sum total of your decisions, and the decisions you make daily are what's making you. They're shaping who you are. They'll shape not only who you are, but they're going to shape the life you experience. That's why this choice of discipline is so critical in our lives. You know, some time ago, someone shared this word of advice with me. They said, you know, Pharaoh, you can pay now or you, and play later, or you can play now and pay later. Either way, you're going to pay, and the price tag is always greater later. The idea that was shared with me is that you can play and take it easy and do whatever you want, but if you do, your life's going to be harder later. However, if you work hard and you're disciplined in your life on the front end, then what? You're going to reap the rewards of that later. You're going to reap the rewards of that in the future. But for that to happen, you have to choose to be disciplined in your life. See, what you must know today is that the first person you lead is you. First person you lead is you. Again, it comes back to, again, the choices, the choices you make. If you can lead yourself well, you can avoid many regrets later. And what is self-discipline? That's what we're talking about today, choosing discipline to avoid regrets. What is, what is discipline? It's there in your notes. It's on the screen. 
There we go. Self-discipline is the ability to forgo instant gratification and pleasure in favor of greater gain. Can we say that together? Greater gain. What do we want? We want greater gain. We don't want greater pain later, right? What do we want? We want greater gain later or more satisfying result. It's the ability to pursue one's plan despite temptations to abandon them. It's the choice to say no to the things you need to say no to and yes to the things you need to say yes to. It's the choice to follow through. It's the choice to be consistent in your life. So not only will discipline help you avoid the regrets later in your life, but being disciplined will help you avoid acting rashly on an impulse. Many times that's what gets us in trouble. Discipline will help you follow through and fulfill promises you made to yourself and others. It will help you make wise and healthy choices. It can help you overcome laziness and procrastination. That's the value of choosing to be disciplined in your life. That's why I am a huge proponent. You hear me talk about this often, but let me say it again. I'm a huge proponent of every Christ follower having a growth plan. Having a tool in your life to help you be focused in your life. Because let me tell you what the tendency is. If you don't have a plan, your tendency is to be not focused. Your tendency is just to kind of go through life waiting for life to happen rather than positioning yourself for what God might want to do in your life. And one of the things I've come to discover in life is you will not accidentally grow in your faith life. Right? You're not going to accidentally become spiritually mature is what I'm saying. You're not going to accidentally come to a place of of being financially stable. You're not going to accidentally come to a place of having a good marriage or a healthy family. You don't accidentally get there. You don't just like show up one day and say, whoa, look at me. I'm financially stable. My marriage is great. And my relationship with God is going great. This is what I know. You don't accidentally get there. It requires intentionality. And that's why I think every Christ follower should have a growth plan, which is simply a tool that helps you be intentional. It's a tool to help you be disciplined in your life to achieve what you want to achieve in your life. Rather than coming to the end of your life and saying, oh my goodness, I have all of these regrets. I don't want to do that. But you can go to our website, um, and we have... Um, a tool there that can help you. If you don't have a growth plan, I would encourage you to check this out. Go to our website. Click on the Develop Your Own Growth Plan. It's a tool we have for you. Again, it's all about being intentional. It's all about being structured and disciplined in your life. You know, if you think about it, sometimes you have a choice between the types of pain you experience. Think about that. You have a choice between the types of pain you experience. That means there's the pain of obeying your parents now or the pain of consequence later. I don't know what your home life was like. The home I grew up in, my parents strongly believe if you spare the rod, you spoil the child. So there was some healthy discipline, not unhealthy, healthy discipline that happened in my home. And I learned early on pretty quick that the pain of obeying my parents was better than the pain of the consequence later. My dad could tear up that tail. I'm telling you. There's the pain of studying now. Or the pain of retaking a class later. And when I went to college, I had this experience once. My parents were not paying, I was paying. I had the pain once, and then I failed a class, I had to retake the class. And when I discovered it's a, it's a lot easier to study now, to pay the price now, rather than retaking the class later. 
Makes sense, doesn't it? There's the, there's the pain of saying no to temptations now or the pain of trying to beat an addiction later. In a day across our nation, rehab centers are full of people who for whatever reason didn't say no to a temptation and today they're enslaved by an addiction. Trying to get free. They're, they're living out the pain of that later. There's the pain of living within your means, which is like not always easy, or there's the pain of climbing out of debt later. You know, debt with compounding interest creates some pain and regret. The better choice is to be disciplined and self-controlled and live within your means today so you don't have the regret of the debt later. If you think about it, self-discipline is really the choice. It's choosing between what you want now and what you want most. What you want now and what you want most. So here's a great question for you this morning. What is it you want most? For those watching online, what is it that you want most? If you could identify the top five things that you want most in your life, what would you say they are? Maybe it's a deeper, more vibrant relationship with God. Maybe it's a healthy, vibrant marriage and family. Maybe it's launching a new business or getting a promotion to a different job. Maybe it's, it's being financially stable and positioned to live generously. Maybe it's finishing well. What is it that you want most? Whatever would be on your top five list, however that would shape up, what I know is that you'll have to make an investment to achieve that. Again, you won't accidentally get there. You won't wake up one morning and find yourself there. That requires intentionality. It requires you choosing discipline. It requires you making some choices between what you want now and what you want most. You know, the Apostle Paul wrote about the value of being disciplined as he compared life to a race. So think about your life. Think about us today. What are we doing? We could say we're running a a race. Now, for some of you, you can't connect with that because you're not a runner. I'm not a runner. But Paul makes this great analogy about life is like running a race. So 1 Corinthians chapter 9, let's read the scripture this morning as to what Paul says. 1 Corinthians 9 verse 24 says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Notice, run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, Paul says, I I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. No, I beat my body. I discipline myself, is what he's saying. And I make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified For the prize. So as Paul's writing to the Corinthians, to the believers at Corinth, he uses a word picture to illustrate the value of discipline that they would have quickly connected to. In the spring, every first and third year of every Olympiad, they would have the Isthmian Games in Corinth that were second only to the Olympiad Games. We would be familiar with the Olympics, right? Well, second to the Olympics in in value and priority was these Isthmian games that happened in Corinth. There would be all kinds of athletic competitions from running to wrestling to whatever you could imagine. And individuals would compete in these games to get a crown, to win the race. So Paul's pulling from that analogy and he says, hey, in the same way, 
In the same way, you have to be disciplined in your life. For these, for these individuals that were competing in these races, they would have to be disciplined in their diet, disciplined in their training, disciplined in the competition if they wanted to win the race. And Paul uses that to say it's the same in our faith life. It's the same in your life. If you want to win the race, if you want to, if you want to be effective, then what does it require? It requires discipline. So that you can run well and finish well. Again, you may not be a runner, but this life we're living is like a race. And in the race, we want to run well and finish well. Listen, nobody here would say this morning, I just want to finish bad. That's my goal in life. I just want to finish really bad. No one would say that. That's why we all want to run well, and we want to finish well. And running well and finish well, hear me, friend, it's connected to this discipline. It's being self-disciplined in our lives. So, So in this race, we're in this race, and we want to run so that we don't have regrets. If you look back to verse 24, Paul says, run in such a way as to get the prize. In other words, run to win. Turn to your neighbor this morning and say, hey, run to win. Run to win. Paul says run to get the prize. Don't just show up. No. Prepare yourself. Be disciplined. Run in such a way that you can win the prize so you don't end up having a pile full of regrets. Run to win the prize. Now, just the other day, I was reading a post by a hospice social worker and what she's learned about regrets. And it, as she's ministered, as ministering to people at the end of their lives, obviously she engages in a lot of different conversations about life, about the life individuals live. And this is what she wrote. I want to read just a paragraph out of her post. She said, it was shocking how many, how many of my hospice patients got to the end of their lives wishing they had lived differently. Many had unresolved relationship issues, unfulfilled dreams, and long-held resentments. My role was to help them come to terms with regrets while they still had a chance. Some were able to find some resolution, but for most, it was too late, and they died hanging on to regrets. Listen, friends, you don't want that to be your story. How do you avoid that? How do we avoid regrets at the end of life? I think it's about the choices we make today. It's the choices we make now about how we live our lives discipline. And the best way to avoid the regrets of tomorrow is, is to choose to be disciplined today. Choose to be self-disciplined in what really matters. If you look back to verse 25, Paul wrote, Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. So for those who were competing in the Isthmian Games, if they won the event, whatever the event was, maybe it was the the marathon, maybe it was the sprint, maybe it was the wrestling event, whatever the event was, if they won the event, they got a crown of laurel leaves. Think about that, a crown of laurel leaves. That's what they were given. How How many of you know after about three or four days, it was all withered? Though it might have been beautiful when they received it three or four days later, it's all withered. That's what they won. Paul says, no, you're, you're running not for that. You're running for this crown that will last forever, that has like eternal value. So as you're running your race, what do you need to do? You need to define what really matters. What is it that you don't want to have regrets about? And how are you going to be disciplined to shape the outcome? 
As I said last week, listen, it's the choices you made yesterday that's brought you to where you're at today. And it's the choices you're making today that's going to shape your tomorrow. So what really matters? What is it in your life that you would say really matters? You need to define that. And somewhere, somewhere at the top of the list needs to be this, relationship with God and relationship with others. There's two things that I'm confident of are going to have value for all eternity. Here it is, relationship with God and relationship with others. Maybe there's some other things, but those two should be somewhere at the top of your list. As you define what really matters, what is it that's significant, what is it that's valuable in your life? Again, so you don't come to the end of your life and say, wow, I missed it. I missed it. You don't want to do that. And what you have to know, and this is important, is that self-discipline is an inside job. It's not an outside job, it's an inside job. That results in an effective life. Notice verse 26 and 27. Paul says, therefore, I, I don't run like a man running aimlessly. I don't fight like a man beating the air. No, I, I, I beat my body. And I make it my slave. So after I preach to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. No, notice Paul says here, he disciplines his body, his will, and his mind. So that he can be effective. He doesn't run like a man running aimlessly with no goal in mind. He's not boxing like a man just, you know, swinging in the air. No, he, he chooses to discipline his life so that he can honor God and run his race effectively without regrets. I say, you must do the same. And no one can be self-disciplined for you. Listen, it's not like I can embrace spiritual disciplines and you grow doesn't work that way. It's not like I can exercise for you and you end up in shape. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah, yeah, Carrie, would you go exercise for me so I can lose five pounds? Wouldn't that be great? I mean, it doesn't work. It's not like I can, I can make you manage your money so you come to a place of being financially stable. No, but it's your choice. So self-discipline is not something that comes from there to here. No, it's something that begins within me. Again, it comes to the choice that I make about how I live my life, how I, how I process my life. Self-discipline is something that you have to choose and act on for your own growth, your own development. So how can we grow in the area of self-discipline? Now, this is one of the things I've, I've come to understand is that there's some personality types that self-discipline just becomes a little more, it's a little more natural. Matter of fact, a real, a real quick survey this morning. If your personality type is such that self-discipline is more natural for you, raise your hand. Now, some of us are just wired that way. Uh, that's my, it's just my tendency. But there's also other personalities. Again, we're all created by God with the wonderful DNA we have. What I also know is there's some personalities that, that discipline is just, a, it takes a little more work. If that's you, raise your hand. Yeah, you're more just like, you just love having life, right? You love life. You love the party. And we, for those of us who are more structured, we love hanging out with you because we don't know how to have fun. You know how to have fun, right? Again, it's the wonder of how God's made us. But this is what I'm convinced of. Whatever your personality type is, is we can all grow in self-discipline. 
We can all grow in this area that's critical in our lives for aligning our lives with the future and the plans that God has for us. So real quick, let me just leave you with a few points of action this morning. How can you, how can you choose and develop discipline in your life? I, th- I think first, define what really matters and get a plan. Listen, if you haven't taken time to think through what really matters in your life, I would encourage you to think that through. What are the four or five areas that are critical that you don't want to end up having regrets in? What what are those areas? After you define those areas, get a simple plan that will enable you to be intentional. Because again, what what I can guarantee you this morning is you won't accidentally end up there. It doesn't happen that way, folks. So define what really matters. Get a plan. Secondly, make a disciplined life your goal. Rather than just letting life happen and being reactive, choose to be proactive. If you choose to be proactive, you'll spend your life preparing. If you choose to be reactive, you'll spend your life repairing. Your choice. But choose. It's a choice that each of us get to make. Make a disciplined life your goal. That doesn't mean your life has to be so strict and rigid and scheduled that you're stifled in your life. Is that what I'm saying? But what I am saying is that, man, we need to make it a goal. What? So that that we're disciplined so that we can run run this life race well. And and here's the third thing I I would encourage you to is challenge your excuses. Want to live a more disciplined life? What do you need to do? You need to challenge your excuses. How many of you know we can always come up with a good excuse for what you know you should do, but you don't want to do? I'm going to say amen if that's true. It's true. But we always come up with a good excuse. Like, like I know I should read my Bible um, early in the morning, start my day in the Word, but oh, I'm just too tired to get out of bed 20 minutes early. Oh, I, I know I should go exercise so I can be healthier, so I can take care of my body, oh, but I just don't feel like it today. I could go on and on with excuses. You could probably help me come up with a few that you used even this morning before you got to church, right? But we need to challenge, we need to challenge your excuses. Listen, you're more likely to act yourself into feeling than, than feel yourself into action. So act. What it, whatever it is that you know you should do, do it. Challenge your excuses. Don't be paralyzed by them. As I said earlier, discipline is choosing by what you want now and what you want most. What you want now and what you want most in your life. So let me leave you with two questions to work on this week. What do you want most? What do you want most? Define it. Put it on paper. Going back 20 years ago, there was a gentleman who sat down with me, coached me and counseled me and helped me develop a life plan. A life plan that defined my values. A life plan that that defined what I believe God was doing in my life. And it's been so helpful guiding me, even as I look back on that 20 years ago. Help me define what I wanted most. So now I've been, for the past 20 years, I've been kind of living out that plan. So, so define it. I would encourage you, even beyond defining it, put it on paper. 
What is it that you want most? Here's the second question. What do you need to choose now to achieve what you want most? What do you need to do today? What choice do you need to make today to achieve what you want most? If you were to say, hey, I want to grow spiritually and be closer to God, then what do you need to do today to see that happen? Maybe get into the Word. Maybe, maybe join a group. Becoming a part of healthy community. Being disciplined in your worship, in your, in your prayer. If you were to say, hey, I, I want to, what I, what I want, what I want most is I want to be in shape. I want to lose 30 pounds. And what are you going to do today? He said, get a trainer. Quit using your treadmill as a place to hang clothes. Put it to work. So, what do you need to choose now to achieve what you want most? Maybe you would say today, I want to be free from an addiction. Then admit it. Ask for help. Join a support group. Say, what, what, I, what I want most is I want to get out of debt. And what are you going to do today? What choice are you going to make today to bring structure and discipline to get you there? Get a financial counselor. Take the FPU class, Financial Peace University. Do something. That's going to change your direction. Listen, folks, the bottom line is that you cannot change your destination overnight. But what you can do is change your direction. And if you change your direction, eventually you'll change your destination. That's all about the choices we make. The way you avoid regret later is by choosing today with the help of the Holy Spirit to be disciplined in your life. This is what I'm confident of this morning. I'm confident that God is good. Can I get an amen on that? And he has good plans for your life. Can I get an amen on that? God is good and he has good plans for your life. I'm confident. I'm sold on that. But my question today would be, are you making choices about how you're running your race, how you're living your life? The discipline that you're bringing that's going to position you to experience the good plans that God has for you. Because hear me again, friend, you will not accidentally get there. It's about the choices you make. So again, God's good. He has good plans for your life. But you have to align yourself to experience that of God's goodness. And it comes back to what? The choices we make. So we can have the pain of discipline now. Or the pain of regret later. It's your choice. God's plan for you is good. What's your choice? Would you pray with me? Lord, I thank you this morning. Lord, that your plans are good. That you're good and your plans are good. And Lord, my prayer today, not only for myself, but Lord, for all of my friends here. God, we want to run the race well. We want to finish well. And Lord, we don't want to experience the pain of regrets when we come to that day, whenever that day is. So Holy Spirit, help us. 
Help us do a deep evaluation of where we're at in our life and what structure, what disciplines we might need to bring so that we might run the race well. Holy Spirit, help us. Lord, I know this is different for everyone in the room, but help us be able to clearly define what matters most. And God, at the top of that list has to be relationship with you. That has eternal value. Holy Spirit, help us define that and help us make the decisions, the choices of discipline that can help us compete well, run well, that we might finish well. With every head bowed and eye closed this morning, possibly... Possibly you're in a place today where you would just say, wow, uh, because I've not chosen to be disciplined, it's brought me to a painful place. I would want to pray today that God would meet you in that place. This is what I know. God's grace is greater than your sin. His grace is greater than your failure. Our God is, is a God who redeems and restores. You may be down here, me friend, but you're not out. God's on your side. He's cheering for you this morning. But maybe you're in that place where your poor choices, your lack of disciplines brought pain in your life. And today, you're struggling. If that's you, before we conclude, I, I just want to take a minute to pray with you and pray for you. Is there anyone who would say, hey, pastor, that's me. You're on the main floor in the balcony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lord, I, I pray today for folks who are just honest enough. It's, it's difficult to say I've failed. It's difficult to say uh, I, I've not been disciplined. And as a result of that, here's this issue. God, I pray today that you would meet them in that place of pain. God, that they would know that of your redeeming grace. Lord, though they may be down, I pray today, God, that they would know they're not out. Lord, that your plans for them are still good. Holy Spirit, come alongside them and help them define what matters most. Have the discipline to follow through on that. That they might experience that of your goodness in their lives and for their lives. Lord, I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning? God bless you. Thanks for being here today. Thanks for the opportunity for me to be able to share God's word with you. As you go into this week, I pray that you make good choices, right? We're going to choose to be disciplined. And I pray God's favor and blessing on your life and for your life. May the goodness of God overflow you. And as it does, and I believe it will, hear me, friend, never forget God's blessed you to be a blessing. Amen? Have a great week. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org. 